Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I'm going to veer a little bit tonight, but we're still talking about the Lord's help. I'm going to talk about something that uh, as I was reading uh, in the scripture, he just dropped this in my heart. So we're going to we're going to go a little bit different direction. But I think it'll help you. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for this time. We thank you. I thank you, Father, every individual. They made the effort to come or they're watching online. They've taken and carved time out to honor you. And Lord, you said in all labor, there is profit. So we believe this is a profitable time and a profitable night. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for their lives. I thank you that you know exactly what's going on in each and every one of us. And you know how to reach us and teach us. And Lord, with you, nothing's impossible. The limitations are off. And we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You ready to take the limitations off? Yes. Let's go with that. All right. I want to give you a, a phrase, just a, a, a verse found in First um, Chronicles. It's an interesting verse. For those of you who were, were believers in the 90s, you might even remember this one. It's uh, 1 Chronicles 4th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. As I was reading that, and I was thinking about that prayer, how many remember that when it came out in the 90s? Anybody remember that one? It was the prayer of Jabez. It, it, it was one of those, I, I would call it almost like a fad that kind of blew through the church for a little bit. And, uh, and, and people called on and they were, they were praying that prayer. And nothing wrong with that. But there's something that, that really struck me in this as we were talking about this. And, and I want to talk a little bit tonight about how the Lord helps us change how we see ourselves. There's a, this young man, Jabez, this is real interesting. If you're reading in Chronicles, I mean, they're listing all these uh, Chronicles and all these people, and it's a long list, and all of a sudden, right in the middle of you, hit Jabez. And uh, his mother gave him a bad name. Jabez, <laughs> Jabez meant he will cause pain. That's not a good name. That's like naming your child trouble. He will cause pain. You have to understand, in, the, in Jewish circles and in ancient circles, how you named someone was real important. You say, well, names aren't important now. Huh, are you kidding me? I want to ask how many couples have had fights over what they were going to name a child and arguments with their family over names. I, uh, I grew up in a home where my parents... My parents didn't listen to a lot of music. Man, I grew up with, a, with an FM radio in my ear all the time. FM actually came in when I was a teenager. For those of you who don't know that, just Google it, okay? But, <laughs> but it, was, it was, and I'm listening to music. I liked all kinds of music, but what I didn't listen to much was, was country music. My parents just, they didn't listen to country. I didn't listen to country, except I remember it one time. When I was about nine years old. My parents left me and my sister with another couple in the church while they went on some retreat or did something. And I don't remember too much about that couple, except I remember this guy liked country music and he liked Johnny Cash. 
How many of you know who Johnny Cash is? All right, okay, great. All right. Johnny Cash had a song called Folsom Prison Blues, right? And I remember my mother was very upset when I went home and asked her why he would shoot a man just to watch him die. <laughs> my mom was not happy about that at all. But there was, some, there was another song that really stuck with me and I was just mesmerized by it. It was called A Boy Named Sue. Sue. For those of you who are not familiar, this is a song that came out in 1969. It was actually one of his, Johnny Cash's biggest hits, top 10 hits. It was about uh, an old drinking, gambling guy who abandoned his little boy and his wife, but before he left, he named the boy Sue. Now, this is not a transgender song. This was 1969. In 1969, he said he grew up Sue, and so he tells the story of growing up named Sue. He said, he, he said a, a girl would giggle and I'd turn red, a, a boy would laugh and I'd bust his head. <laughs> Don't you love country music? I just... <laughs> but the idea was that this kid grew up fighting and tough in life because he'd been named Sue, it was a name. And if you know the end of it, he finally, he, he was gonna kill his dad, if you ever met him, ran into him in a bar in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. They had a big fight, wound up making up. I do love the end though. He said, you know, when I grow up, he said, if I ever have a son, I'm gonna name him Frank or George or Henry, anything but Sue, I hate that name. But the dad said, I named you that so that it would make you tough. It would make you hard. You gotta be tough, you gotta be hard in life. And I'll never forget that song. I was nine years old and that song is like, wow, because there's something powerful about a name. Jabez was named, he will cause trouble. He's gonna cause pain. Now I don't know what his mom's problem was. She said, I bore him in pain. That could have been a bad birth. You know, this was the days before there was epidurals and then like that, this could have been a tough birth. Or maybe this was a tough season in her life. You know, sometimes when people go through hard times, it, it comes out of them and they take it out on other people. So whatever it is, here's this little baby boy and they named him, he's gonna cause pain. But the interesting thing about Jabez, the Bible said that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He was a man that did not want to live up to that name. Now he could have, he could have caused pain. He could have grown up with this attitude that says, well, you, you name me that, I'm going to act like that. I'm going to be like a boy named Sue. I'm going to fight my way through life. You, you think I'm going to be caused pain? I will cause you pain. And it says he was more honorable. He didn't want to do that. And he asked God to do something for him. He said he prayed. He asked God to get involved in his life. And he, he asked God to do four things. He said, God, that you would bless me indeed. That's God's enablement. He said that you would enlarge my borders, that you enlarge my territory. Maybe as a, he had brothers, so maybe he was not destined to get most of the land or get most, he, maybe he wasn't having much. And so he's asking God, God, would you, would you enlarge what I have? Would you enlarge? He said that your hand would be with me. His hand being with him, that, that was the Holy Spirit. Who has, you, when you see the hand of the Lord, you're seeing the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God that could cause things to change. He said that you would keep me from evil. And he, 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 this was his prayer. Now, here's, here's the thing. This was not a selfish prayer. And this is when the book came out. This is where I think it kind of went off the rails. 
because people were praying this, Lord, bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. Anybody remember? We, we prayed that prayer. We're like, oh yeah, we're going to pray that prayer, that you would keep me from evil. But he said, I don't, I don't want to cause pain. So in other words, this is an unselfish motive. He's basically praying, said, Lord, would you make me a blessing? I don't want to be a problem. Now, listen, this is a different mentality. How many of you know most of, most of us in life, we're not thinking of, a, of, Lord, make me a blessing. Make me a blessing to the people around me, but this is a good prayer. And you talk about a prayer that God honors? Remember Solomon, God appeared to Solomon in a dream, said, what do you want? And Solomon said, Lord, I need wisdom that I can be a blessing to the people that, you're lead, that you want me to lead. And the Bible said, man, that just blessed the Lord. The Lord said, I am so glad you asked that. I'm going to give you the wisdom that you want, and I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you the money and the wealth and the honor and the fame. So he, it, it's a motive. And I, I think that's always good when we're praying. When we're praying, please understand that Christianity does not stop with us. Christianity is something that we take and we bless others with. That our purpose is not simply us. Listen, that's who we are as a church. When we figured out as a church that we weren't here just simply to have people go, come to us, come to us. But when we got that, the mindset that said, I want to go to this community and bless this community, whether they ever come here or not, we're going to be a blessing here. We're going to be an influence here. And when we made that change, this church changed. Amen. And it changed who we are. If it works for a church, it'll work for you. Amen. If you'll make up your mind, say, Lord, Listen, I don't care how my past has been. I don't care what I've been through. Would you make me a blessing? Amen. And I think there's some, there's some real key in here, but I want to get to this point right here. God granted him. So God was able and willing to do everything that Jabez asked. He had the right motive, and God blessed that. Now here's my question. What's in our name? What are the labels that have been put on you? When the angel appeared to Mary, the mother of Jesus, he talked, the angel talked to her about her cousin Elizabeth. He said, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Elizabeth had, had never been able to have children. And in the Jewish culture, they didn't blame them. They never blamed the, the father. They blamed the mother. And she was blamed, and she was called barren all her life. Barren. She's barren. She's barren. But the angel said, this is past tense. This is past tense. This is what she was. But with God, all things are possible. So that was her label. It's not anymore. Here's my question. Have you been labeled? Have you been labeled? You see, I, I, I sense a lot of people have been unjustly or unfairly labeled. Maybe it was a parent that was upset that you didn't meet their expectations and they labeled you a mess up, a disappointment. Maybe it was someone who in a relationship that when the relationship dissolved, they labeled you unlovable, unlivable with. Some of these are just completely unjust and unfair. To be labeled a loser, to be labeled someone with no future. And these are tough. 
because the bottom line is these labels stick. Years ago, they used to say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nothing could be further from the truth. Because if we did a poll in here and I sat down with you and talked to you and talked, I would ask you, hey, did anyone ever say anything to you growing up that hurt you? And I bet you almost every one of us could spit it out and could remember and could talk about what someone said. It might have been years ago. You might have remembered a, a label from elementary school. I know people that still have pain from things that were said to them in elementary school. They're labels. What label have been put on you? What labels have you earned? Now, sometimes because of our history, because of our past. Maybe you've earned a label that says you're trouble. You're undependable. You, you never amount to, you're angry. You're fearful. You're weak. What labels? Jabez was named wrong. He's going to cause pain. But he was able to rise above that name by going to God, saying, God, I don't want this to be the defining moment of my life. And however the label that's been on you, whether you earned it or whether it's unjust, here's the beautiful thing. That's not how God sees you. And we have to grab a hold of how God sees us. There's a great scripture here in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 10. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This right here is one of the most powerful things about the gospel and one of the most powerful things that God can help if he can, as he can help us, and he can, change the way we see ourselves. Changing the way we see ourselves. Now, a lot of us would never admit to it. Helen, do you see yourself as, as, as weak or ineffective? I'm like, no, no, I'm awesome. <laughs> but it's, it's oftentimes in the alone times when no one's around. What label sticks? Now, here's the beautiful thing. When you made Jesus your Lord, all things passed away and all things became new. You say, well, my history didn't pass away. People still know what I was. They know what you were, but they don't know your destiny in Christ. They know what you were, but they don't know who you are now on the inside. For we are his worksmanship. That word there means his masterpiece. When you made Jesus your Lord, listen, I don't care what the mirror says. That's not the right mirror we need to be looking in. You want the right mirror? This is the right mirror to look into. Because that mirror, that mirror, listen, it changes. The mirror that you look into, I'm going to tell you something, it doesn't get better. You're going to reach a point in your life with the mirror, you start looking at the mirror going, you are no longer my friend any longer. But that's not the mirror we need to be looking into. This is the mirror that we need to look into. When we begin to find out what God says we are when we made Jesus our Lord. This is not just heaven when we die, guys. And heaven when we die is wonderful. It beats the snot out of going to hell. But that's not just it. 
we're still living here. And we have so much potential. If we're his masterpiece, if we're his worksmanship created for good works, you weren't created for failure. You weren't created for rejection. You weren't created for defeat. You weren't created for depression. You weren't created for addiction. You weren't created to live your life with no hope and gloom and doom. That's not the way God intended it to be. But we're going to have to say, well, Alan, if it's not the way God intended it to be, then why didn't he do something about it? No, actually is we have to do something about it by saying, Lord, I'm going to take what I see here and begin to apply that instead of I'm, the mirror. Forget the mirror. I'm looking here. Forget what my ex said. I'm looking here. Forget what my parents said. I'm looking here. Well, I never was the favorite child. It doesn't matter. God has all of us as favorite children. Right. So how can you do that? Let me, if you create planets, you can have everybody as a favorite. He's that big. So what label has been said on you? And then the labels we put on ourselves. Now other people can label us. But how about the stuff that you put on yourself? Have you ever just done something stupid and then just absolutely almost cursed yourself? Stupid. I can't believe you were so stupid. I can't believe you just did that. Oh God. You're such a you're such a loser. Now we don't say that to anybody else. I mean, we wouldn't come and go, I want you to pray for me, I'm a loser. <laughs> but what about the whispers of your heart? What are you telling yourself? What are you telling yourself when you intended to be a better Christian and you fall flat on your face? That you can never do it? That you're just a lousy Christian? That you're not destined for anything good? What are the labels we put on us? There was a uh, young man in the Bible. His name was Mephibosheth. It's a great name. I wouldn't suggest you name your child that. But... Um, he was the son of Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. Jonathan was his son. Jonathan was a great guy. And Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. Now, Jonathan's best buddies, his BFF, was David. Man, they were tight. This was one of those lifelong friends that you're just your soulmates. You just, they connected. They were buddies. And they made a, a, a promise to each other that David... And Jonathan said, look, you take care of my kids and I'll take care of your kids. Anything happens, you take care. They, they made an agreement, very strong, like a covenant uh, agreement. And uh, in, in the old covenant, they would do that. And, and sometimes they would cut their fingers and mingle the blood together to signify that they had formed a covenant. Oh, that was tough. So David and Jonathan were, were close. Jonathan had a son, a little boy named Mephibosheth. When Saul died in battle, Jonathan died in battle with him. And remember, Saul was the one who chased David for years, trying to kill him. And so I'm, I'm giving you real cliff notes of, of the family dynamics here. And when they found out that Saul and Jonathan had died, they were so afraid of David, the nurse of little Mephibosheth picked him up and ran with him and tripped and fell. And he must have either landed on his head or on his back. But a little healthy boy became lame in his feet. Crippled. So if you fast forward, 
number of years. Um, now David's king. Saul's family has diminished. David is the king. And David one day goes, is there anybody from Saul's house that he said that I can show mercy to for Jonathan's sake? And they said, well, yeah, there's actually a, a, a guy down here. His name is Mephibosheth, and he's living in Lodabar. Does that sound like a bad place? Where are you from, son? Lodabar. That's not even above the bar. That's Lodabar. <laughs> he's living in Lodabar. They said, yeah, he's in Lodabar, and, he, and he's, but he's, they said, they said, David said, but he's lame in his feet. In other words, David, he can't do anything for you. He can't help you. He can't fight for you. He's lame in his feet. David said, bring him. They went down to Lodabar and got him. He's living in someone else's house. He can't walk. He comes in, and this is what David says to him. David said, do not fear. He fell on his face when he and Mephibosheth met. He said, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and he will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, this is Mephibosheth, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? He saw himself because he was lame in his feet, because he had lost all of his privileges as a prince, saw himself as a dead dog. So he comes before David and goes, I don't know why you would look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm a dead dog. That's a label he put on himself. But David never called him a dead dog. In fact, David said, not only he said, he said, you're going to be restored all of your land that your king saw, your grandfather had. I'm going to restore to you all that land and you're going to eat at my table. Who ate it at the table but the king's sons? And he elevated him to a place of not living in Lodabar. Now he lives in the palace and he sits down with the king's son. David had a bunch of sons, a bunch of big, strapping, good-looking boys. And here comes Mephibosheth sitting down and David says, this is Mephibosheth and he's going to eat at my table. And everyone said, hey, Mephibosheth, welcome. <laughs> and they welcomed him in. He said, well, why are you telling me all this? Because even though he saw himself as a dead dog, David didn't. And regardless of how you see yourself, God sees you so much better. See, he sees you as royalty. He sees you as his children. You're coming before God going, I'm just a nothing and a nobody. And he doesn't want to hear that. If you're a king's son, then you're a king's son. And you eat at the king's table. And you're welcome in the king's court. And you are royalty. So, Alan, that, that, that sure preaches good, but it lives. How, how do I get this in my life? We're going to talk about that next week. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you just a, a hint. This reality is not feelings activated. It's faith activated. So we have to begin to say, Lord... Whatever you say I am is who I am. Say, I thought you were talking about the Lord's help, Alan. I am talking about the Lord's help. The Lord's help in helping us understand who we are in Christ. That's such a good thing. We'll talk about this more next week. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for what you've done in us, that we're not who the mirror says, we're not who our past says, that we're who you say we are. Thank you for that. 
And thank you, Father, for those in here and those who are listening, those who have felt so down and felt like they didn't have any significance in your kingdom. And that's not true. They're your masterpiece. They're your children. Children of royalty. Thank you for that. Since your bowed and eyes were closed, if you came this evening and said, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't even know the Lord. I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I'm, I, you know, I appreciate all that stuff you said, but I, man, I'm, I'm away from God. Maybe you knew him one time, you walked away, and you're just like, man, I'm not close to God at all, but I want to be. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front. This is between you and the Lord, but it's good to acknowledge that. So it's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're saying, Alan, I don't know the Lord, but I want to, or I know I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Just real quickly, slip your hand up across this auditorium and say, that's me that you're talking to. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. 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 Yeah. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand for whatever reason. Obviously, if you're online, I can't see you. But you can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray with you as a church family. This is where things start to change. When you receive him, you receive so much more than a religion. You get changed. So we're going to pray this prayer. You pray it with us. If you're online, if you're watching by yourself, pray it with us out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those in here those who've acknowledged and those who are watching online, Father, thank you for those who've acknowledged their need for you, their heart for you. Thank you that you answered that prayer. That they've stepped out of darkness into light or they've come back home and you welcome them with open arms as we do too. Thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for all these young people tonight who are making decisions at this time. Thank you for them. Thank you that their lives will never be the same. Lord, thank you. Your kingdom is such an awesome kingdom. Thank you for what you you have done in us. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.